I just want us to I just want us to go on a young girl's strange erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. <laughs> Sorry, I was just getting an ice cube. I'm on my second glass of white wine. <laughs> what time is it now in Berlin? It's 4:49. Uh-huh. Any any recent dispatches from Berlin? What's it like there currently? Um, dreadful, miserable, freezing. <laughs> Give us the uh Christiana Amanpour 1994 <laughs> um dispatch. Uh, there's bombs going off. <laughs> Rival ethnic German groups battling each other. The AstraZenecas versus the Johnson and Johnsons. <laughs> I mean, I was just reading all that stuff yesterday. I'm like, I would love the Johnson Johnson because it's one dose. Yeah. But the uh, efficacy seems pretty low. I think it covers you pretty well. Like, you're good yeah, to go true. after that. Yeah, it's like 86% uh, against, like, severe illness. So that's still good. And then it's like 60-something percent towards, like, even being infected and having symptoms. So I thought it was, like, 100% uh, preventative in, like, death, basically. And then 90%-something severe illness or whatever so like all together even if you did yeah. get it like it's not the end of the world yeah i guess so i think we've gotten so used <sighs> this past year to just not having any any like respiratory or airborne style sort of ailment yeah um yeah any any fun news of street findings on your end from <laughs> the past few days? I love your leading question. Well, um, went to friend of the pod Ika's house yesterday. He made a really good um, root vegetable soup with orange and ginger. It's a Martha Stewart recipe. Uh, our queen Martha. Was that a come out in? commemoration of uh holocaust remembrance day oh my god <laughs> um i don't know i have to check our family tree uh i'm sure our family tree's roots have a uh tapped each other at some point in yeah history. with with martha oh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, we need a swab from her let's check our 23 and me with her yeah, I just um, hope to look like her when I uh, hit, what, 80... How old is she now? 79, 82? Something like that. She looks amazing, as we've yeah. expressed on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I cycled back from Ica's. Uh, I left right before 9 p.m., which is the government-mandated shutdown of private visits time. How is it uh, enforced? Um, I don't know. If a bitchy neighbor reports you for being noisy... <laughs> Oh, shocker. <laughs> Which sounds like something I could potentially do. Um, <laughs> totally. <laughs> what, do so, people just, do people like perch out their windows and uh, <laughs> look for like people who are not supposed to be on the streets? I have no idea. No, you can be on the street. You're just not supposed to like have private meetings at home with people from outside your household oh, after 9 p.m. right now because the uh, third wave. 
it is tricky for Germans though, because on the one hand they've been burned by you know history, but on the other hand it does run in their blood, and so given the opportunity, <laughs> I couldn't really tell what they'll do. Yeah, it's like is that is that a a peep I hear coming from an annex? <laughs> Sorry, I know that was Dutch people, but let's be real. Um, so got home and there was a beautiful giant wooden table in front of my building, like right in front of the front door, mm-hmm. not blocking the door, but just next to it. Was kind of somebody like moving a, out? I guess there was a guy standing there and I thought like, oh, maybe he's waiting with it because someone's coming to pick it up or something. And mm-hmm. then the guy just walked away and I was like, oh, it's up for grabs. It felt like a Seinfeld moment. And so I took my bike into the courtyard, locked it up, and left my helmet on uh, my mailbox, like in the uh, entrance to the building. And I'm kind of walking around the block, just seeing like who's around. Like maybe I can ask someone, offer them 20 bucks or something just to quickly help me take the table up. Mm -hmm. Because it was too wide for the door, so you had to turn it sideways. Two of the legs have casters built into the wooden oh, leg. Oh, really? Yeah, there's. It's so nice. It's like such That's a nice amazing. table. And if it wouldn't, if if it hadn't been too wide, I would have just like noisily <laughs> taken it up each step, clunking along, because mm-hmm. I only live on the um, second European floor or the third for North Americans. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, I didn't see anyone. I go back to the front door and I see that the light is on in the corridor. And uh, my upstairs neighbors, which are usually quite noisy, and I've had to (laughs) bitch at three times to turn off the hair salon techno, um, I saw them coming out holding my helmet. And I was like, oh, hey, that's my helmet. (laughs) Don't take it. It's like, oh, I thought someone was throwing it away. God, people are so quick in Berlin with those. <laughs> yeah, it was there for three minutes. Yeah, and leave nothing unattended. <laughs> and then I was like, you know, like, oh, I, I'm just trying. I just saw someone's getting rid of this table. He's like, oh, that's not your table. Uh, we just we saw it too. I'm like, yeah, uh, I just saw. I guess someone threw it out, but I would have loved <laughs> to have it. And they're like, do you need help? And I was like, really? Sure. And, um, so they offered and they were super sweet. I was like, can I give you some money? They didn't want money. Okay. Do you guys drink? And one of them was like, yeah. And the other one seemed like he doesn't drink. And so I'm just trying to figure out kind of a nice surprise to get them because yeah, this table is like something you would see basically at the Apple store or at a library. Like it's mm-hmm. a very nice, heavy wooden table, well-constructed. It expands and gets huge. And it's perfect for my apartment. Well, maybe you can give them a voucher or a coupon for playing <laughs> noisy music after hours without complaining. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, like those gifts that we would make in elementary school for, like, Father's Day. Yeah. <laughs> Vouchers for your dad for That's doing sweet. normal things kids do. <laughs> <laughs> One hour of quiet time. <laughs> um that's nice i'm happy for you so you've set up your new uh recording station now yeah it like it feels so ample now i've also set up some noise dampening devices to not have echo Uh (laughs) uh-huh is it a large-scale pitch check from 2014 (laughs) it is actually (laughs) i wonder is it 2013 even (laughs) but i do like it 
could you maybe turn into an NFT? Is there a market value for this uh, vintage pish check? Maybe. Let's try. We can mm-hmm. uh, add it to our moon phase. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, shout out to our anti-Semitic uh, troll stalker. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> our sh- our shape-shifting oh stalker who manages every week to assume a different identity and uh, reach us... Uh, reach out to us on a different platform yeah yeah i know that's like what you're not supposed to do is like give stalkers attention but um yeah we figured out who you are we've traced your ip address and let's just say um a california-based police department will be on your ass if you (laughs) make any other moves (laughs) yeah exactly it's called cyber stalking and there's a very clear law in the state of california Yep, and it also takes uh, two to tango. Whatever you can do to us, we're uh, fully savvy and capable of returning a favor. <laughs> uh, I guess this uh, this wraps up a uh, a Jewish week and a half with Passover <laughs> and the plagues and Passover uh, plagues, Holocaust Remembrance Day, mm-hmm. anti-Semitic emails, which we should turn into an NFT. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I I will say they were mostly uh they weren't straight up anti-Semitic. There was on a level of insinuation and uh, <laughs> you had to connect you had to connect the dots and assume the worst. Yeah, it's true. It's like is that a German last name mentioned yeah. or are they Jewish? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oh well. Well, I'm back uh, stateside. Happy to be home. Oh, thank God. Um, yeah, I gotta say, uh, international travel in in twenty twenty one is like a form of extreme support. With How's your skin? My skin's just fine, all thanks to the Dreamliner and its really like upgraded pressurized cabin sort oh, of amazing. setup. You don't feel dehydrated. The whole flight experience was just amazing, and also like hardly anyone flies these days. Uh, um, you know, long distance, especially to Israel, that that's only admitting uh israelis at this point and have been for like six months or so and yeah. so the f- the flight was half empty and uh when i was checking in i was like could i is there like a an empty row i could sit in <laughs> like a window seat and no one's sitting next to me and i was like yeah sure and then i like get on the flight and like half the plane's empty and you could basically oh, sit wherever you wanted to Amazing. um yeah and it's funny israelis no matter where they fly whenever the the plane uh hits the ground lands they start clapping, and in the most extreme cases, they s- <laughs> they sing Hava Nagila. Oh, my God. <laughs> Girl. Oh, no, sorry. I'm retracting this. It's not Hava Nagila. It's Evenu Shalom Aleichem. Evenu Shalom Aleichem. I guess you can take the Jew out of Israel, but you can't take Israel out of the Jew. Well, I know Poles used to clap when the plane would land. I mean, it's, but I think it's, people used to clap in general when the plane would land. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty sweet, and it sort of speaks to our sort of basic fear of this very risky sort of activity. Yeah, um, it's risky. The fact it's, that the plane didn't crash at any point, like, that's a reason enough uh, for a round of applause. Yeah. It's, it is the safest form of transportation, statistically, but it's... <laughs> It's like at least a car crash. You're like, well, in theory, I could survive the car crash, but it really doesn't feel like you're going to survive the plane crash. Right. No. 
um yeah anyways i'm happy to be back same um i can't say what i'm excited for because usually whenever i leave i'm always excited to come back to new york for its ample sort of offerings cultural and like culinary etc etc but this time around i came back and i just had such a satisfying time back home with my family Mm -hmm. and friends and also like weather and food wise and also just israel's like the future of covid in the sense that it's there's no more covid there and everything's completely open jealous and so i got to have a little taste of the future and so i came back here now and i'm trying to still like scope out or like figure out where new york's standing on it and i like don't even know what i feel like doing i usually am so trigger happy to go see whatever museum show or gallery Mm -hmm. show there is uh, happening at the moment but like truly nothing like tickles my fancy at this point not like not even for shits and giggles i feel like i want to see the cause show at the brooklyn museum which i to begin with hate that museum but uh i feel like i should do some field reporting for this pod and go see this show but you know what i'm really excited for the summer because i am coming to new york we're gonna, have our, we're gonna have our white boy summer yeah in we're New having, York. we're having a white boy summer uh it's currently fat pole spring and <laughs> or is once the friend get, <laughs> once i get snatched it'll be white boy summer uh-huh or is the french call it a mardi gras spring a mardi spring <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, no, I cannot wait to be in New York. We are getting our Zoom recorders and we are doing field reporting to the max. Yeah, we should get a Zoom recorders and uh, bring you to Javits Center for your J&J jab. Oh yes, amazing. <laughs> um, we're going to do that. We're going to go to Dallas Barbecue, the downtown Brooklyn location. Only only oh. within my intermittent fasting uh, eating window. <laughs> well, I'm an 11 to 7 person what about you i'm uh, <laughs> you get up early <laughs> are you talking your your sleep patterns or your eating patterns no no i'm saying my intermittent fasting window is 11 a.m to 7 p.m oh i usually my cutoff is after a dinner which we have at a senior hour at like 6 37 um, oh well that's like me seven yeah. yeah yeah so basically oh i thought you said 11 to 7 no no 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. is when I eat on my oh, I see. journey. Yeah, I usually stop eating at like 7.30 and I, I start eating again at like 11 or if it's okay, a long well, night. Look at yeah. us. We're synced. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, there's so many similarities and uh, overlaps and intersections between us. <laughs> um, um, I just, yeah, I just hope uh, we should, you know, we should go on a like a roots discovery Yes, a, seriously. Uh, pilgrim, pilgrimage in uh, rural Poland, even more rural than you, your Poland. Totally. Well, okay, we are doing our trip um, to Pinsk, where your family comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and friend of the pod, Stephen, will join us because he really wants to go to Belarus as well. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, is that in Belarus or Ukraine? Pinsk now. Right. Wait, where is it? God, um, Belarus? Ukraine? Oh, God. I'm like on Google Maps. S- sorry, listeners. <laughs> I just want us to I just want us to go on a young girl's strange erotic journey from Milan <laughs> to Minsk. 
<laughs> from from Potsdam to Pinsk. <laughs> Are you even allowed to cross uh, those border lines now in Germany with the restrictions? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of quarantining involved. Uh, no, but really, we should do it. And I think it could be like a really good podcasting opportunity. We could be YouTubing. Mm -hmm. Um no, you really should come. We should do that. I think it'd be so much fun. You can see where my parents are moving to in southeastern Poland. We can go visit some vineyards in that region. Mm-hmm. Um, Poland's best natural wine is produced there. Mm-hmm. And Wait, can I, can I tackle you with some uh, EU-related questions? <laughs> <laughs> does it involve chairs? It does, yeah. Uh, what's your take on... Uh, Ursula von der Leyen's snubbing by Erdogan. Uh, it was definitely intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so just just to let our listeners know, uh, there was some like EU talk earlier this week. Drama. Between, <laughs> yeah, drama between Erdogan and some other like I don't recognize the other uh, the other ugly face, but uh, oh, Michelle something. He's like the European council president i guess there's not a single good-looking person in the whole like eu administration well especially in that region yeah i mean um benelux and 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 (laughs) ursula von der leyen what is she what type like is she i guess she's the european commission's president yes which is like a rotating presidency but then there's also the european council president i guess Mm -hmm. um Anyway, she I find was the inv- structure complicated. Oh, totally. So she was invited to this meeting and she was uh, surprised after being left without a chair. <laughs> she was relegated to a couch far off. Which is uh, like a curb your enthusiasm moment. Totally. And also, let's just remind our listeners that the a similar snubbing was actually done to Erdogan's, uh, I think, foreign minister like 10 years ago or so. Uh, during a meeting with the Israeli like foreign minister or something like that. Really? Yeah, that's a classic uh, example that I keep bringing up. And David, David Megaris would uh, uh, also use this example after I brought up brought it up to him because he finds it uh, hysterical. So there was a meeting between the two sides, and uh, it was like the press was there. It was televised, and in order to embarrass the Turkish foreign minister or whatever delegate. He was sat on a uh, much lower chair than the Israeli delegation. And so oh out of that moment came a really embarrassing photo op uh, favorable to the Israeli delegation. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how many of those ugly ornamental cushion chairs they have. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I wonder but if, do they have like 10 f- if they need them? Do you do you think it was a uh, intentionally misogynistic do you think it was uh what was the uh what was the underlying sort of insult intention uh well i think there is like a there definitely is a cultural hierarchy uh of women versus men uh no one cancel me but it's obviously a fact especially with that political party in power and Erdogan. But, uh, but I mean, is that the very first time Erdogan has ever had a woman over for a meeting? Uh, I doubt Probably it. not, but there aren't that many women leaders in power, like, in during his, you know, 
the time well, he's been in office. Like, does Mer- he have like Merkel? And I guess the, he has Merkel, yeah. And the but, Scottish uh, minister. I mean, but then the guy from the EU, this Michel guy, is also being lambasted and blamed because he just sat down, didn't do anything. Um, also, why is she so far away? I'm looking at a photo now. Like, why? <laughs> why isn't she at least at the arm of the sofa? <laughs> yeah, it's really ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing, even if the person, like, in terms of, uh, you know, the hierarchies or whatever at play, like, the only person that should be sitting on that sofa is, like, a note taker. Yeah, basically. Like, I don't even get what how like the protocol conversation is at play here. Like anyone you're having the meeting with should have one of those chairs. So obviously this is intentional Mm -hmm. because you knew she's coming and she's the, uh, you know, the president. So, but anyway, I think, um, I think it was definitely intentional. I think they, there is sexism at play, but also there is like Turkey EU conflict and drama, also, that said, I don't think Turkey should be in the EU. Do you think I, it might have been uh, just public criticism at the EU's botching of the vaccination drive? No, I don't think it's that. I think there is all this like EU-Turkey tension. But again, it's like, I don't think Turkey should be in the EU. I think mm-hmm. it's like th- these like accession talks have been going on for years and they... I'm sorry, it's like an autocratic government. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, you have to meet all these, like, checkpoints for a session, and it's, like, not going to happen. Right. Also, can someone, like, uh, talk about the Ottoman Empire's history of slavery? Like, that's something no one talks about in in the European context. And also, like, historically speaking, it's one of the only cases of slavery where... And I mean, you should know because they, the Ottoman Empire enslaved Slavic people. So that was yeah, a, yeah. one of the only cases in history of like white enslavement, basically, aside from, I don't know if you could, uh, if you could classify the Israelites as whites back when they <laughs> built well, the let's pyramids. Let's check the U.S. Uh, census documents. <laughs> Is there a category for Israelites? <laughs> anyway, I, uh, I've, I love my Turkish friends. I've been to Turkey. I love it there. But the government's fucked up. So until that changes, Mm -hmm. much like the Polish government fucking sucks. So, (laughs) right. What's your, do you think uh, Germany's sort of uh, longstanding adoration of Angela Merkel is starting to uh, crack now a little bit with the botching of the vaccination drive? Yes, definitely. I mean, Shaori has one foot out the door. She said she's not going to run again. But, I mean, she's been chancellor for so long, and this really isn't uh, leaving on her best foot, which is, you know, kind of sad. Um, What what I don't understand structurally, uh, like, from what I understand, Germany is structured pretty similarly to the states in terms of the... The amount of power the uh, head of state has, so the chancellor in that yeah. in that case, in terms of uh, you know forcing the different the different uh, regional like federations or whatever it's called in Germany, the, the states, the states, or the to compl- land, <laughs> yeah, to to comply with like the directives from 
all the way to the top but like yeah it seems to be working in the states at least in this context of the uh of the vaccination yeah i mean it's it's similar in canada like in canada the queen <laughs> the queen is the head of state we'll get to that in a second Mm -hmm. um there's a prime minister r.i.p prince philip yeah rest in power uh (laughs) nazi prince philip um so wait was was he nazi how did i miss that are you kidding (laughs) no i I thought it was like nazi connections oh i didn't realize that i thought it was only the guy who abdicated the throne and and prince no he was at like a he was like at a Nazi funeral for a family member. I think he was like very supportive of like what the Nazis were doing in the 1930s. I mean, we all make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So in Canada, there's also like the provincial governments have a lot of kind of say in, you know, healthcare, education, et cetera, et cetera. And it's also a shit show. I guess the thing, like, I think the biggest asset in this fight against COVID recently in the States has been that this Pfizer factory is in America. And they're producing the vaccine and they're not allowed to export it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really it. Because, like, for example, you know, like there's enough vaccination centers in Berlin. It's just, they didn't have enough vaccine to give, Mm -hmm. but then there's all these kind of organizational things that are an issue, which uh, are kind of insane. Like in lower Saxony, they didn't have data on people's birth dates. Uh, You know, when they're like, Oh, we're vaccinating over age of 80 or over age of 70. So they compiled a list of, people's names based on how popular they were in certain years (laughs) so it's like oh your name's ermgard well um ermgard was really popular in 1934 so you're getting a vaccination oh my god is that a real name i thought it was a i thought it was a meme i thought it was the ermgard meme no (laughs) no i went to school with an ermgard and then uh wow yeah um that is so wild is that the same state that has uh has you faxing in your uh eligibility no the faxing thing was in switzerland where they didn't know how many cases of covid there actually were they would get reports faxed to them to like a health department and they would weigh the number of sheets that came in that day (laughs) and it's like oh we have two kilograms of paper so that must mean that like you know we know how much oh a piece god. of paper weighs if you like, divide that by the two kilograms. Oh my god! Well, thanks. It's thank you. Thank you very much, Angela Merkel. There goes my Berlin vacation this summer. Yeah. Uh, I really want you to come though. It's like my apartment is so cute now because of this table. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, is is there something to come to? Yeah, I think summer will be fine. I mean, last yeah. summer, last summer was amazing. And obviously the cases are way higher now than they were in the summer. But I don't know. I think there's just when it's summertime and everyone's outside, it really changes things. Mm-hmm. So people aren't like clumped in together in minus 18 degree weather. Right. 
And you said um, the the weather's been shitty. Yeah, I mean, last week uh, went to an American food store with a friend of the pod, Tara. Um, it's called American Food for You, and. Mm-hmm. It was summertime. It was 24 degrees Celsius. I was wearing shorts. That's like 76 degrees Fahrenheit or something. Yeah. Uh, I was in like shorts and t-shirt. We had our picnic blanket out. Um, had some hostess birthday cupcakes. Um, it was amazing. And now I'm just trapped inside. <laughs> oh my God. It's like Have s- you- it snowed this week. Like Jesus. Have you been making work while trapped inside? Uh, just, I'm just working on the computer a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a show in Paris. Um, exciting. Thank you. With, uh, the gallery I work with gallery Derouillon and it's like May 27th or something. Oh, amazing. So the paintings are com- done. Sorry? And you're coming here. Yeah. And then I'm going to New York. So I'm so excited. Exciting. Do you have uh, to do, did you decide on a harbor country to uh <laughs> wait in before you can move the travel here well hopefully by then uh the travel ban will be over that's mm-hmm. there have been random articles like in cnbc and stuff that that say like mid-may the travel ban will be over so right so hopefully that'll happen because i mean it'd be nice to go somewhere for two weeks and just be in a holding pattern but i'd rather not so mm-hmm. you should do like a uh like a Bella me two weeks in Prague or Romania before coming to the States. Well, that's a possibility, but, uh, but also just like two weeks of like COVID time is also not fun. Cause it's like, you know, you can't really go places and you shouldn't really be meeting people and, and all right. that. So, oh, sorry. I've been like away from the mic. I'm sorry if I got quiet. It's okay. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, well, um, Let's see if there's any fun art items that we want to tackle, lest our listeners complain that this is veering way too off topic. Yeah, but Uh, if you don't like it, then turn it off. Also, yeah. (laughs) Okay, let's see. So, lightning round uh, art items I have prepared for you. Um, a flurry of Yayoi Kusama shows are about to open, but restrictions on her installations may limit their appeal and visitor numbers. The Japanese artists' exhibitions usually draw millions of people, and uh, will they be the same in a post-pandemic world? And Kusama fans around the world have been patiently waiting. This month, the Gruppiosbau in Berlin is due to open a twice-postponed Kusama retrospective, her first in Germany which will recreate eight seminal exhibitions that took place between 1952 and 1983 and illustrate how the artist's practice and mediums have evolved throughout her career. Thoughts? <laughs> Kusama's coming to Berlin. <laughs> well, my last Kusama experience was uh, when you and I were in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And the AGO, the Art Gallery of Ontario... With that horrible um, Frank Gehry edition. <laughs> with an amazing Henry Moore show. Oh, yeah. The Henry Moore show was like one of the best things I've seen in years. Mm-hmm. And the Canadian Fabulous Nine, Amazing Seven. <laughs> the group of the, seven, yeah. The gorgeous the six. Fabulous, <laughs> the Fabulous Nine. 
Um, yeah, the Henry Moore show was amazing. And that's something that like people would ignore because they're like, whatever, it's old. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I still think about that show every now yeah. and then. It was and, very uh, impressive and very inspiring. Yeah. An amazing show about the body. Yeah, exactly. It's actually about the body and not just like woke talking points from MSNBC. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and it's funny because I, uh, I walked by Lincoln Center a couple of weeks ago before I left uh, to Israel and I didn't realize that one of the fountain uh, sculptures there are, is a huge Henry Moore. Duh. Ah. Um, yeah, I would l- like I wish I made work like that. I mean, it's uh, I'm I'm probably just dumb or illiterate because I'm sure there's uh, contemporary artists out there who make derivations of Henry Moore. Um, but if there aren't, someone should just you know take the reins and yeah. just make some because it's such a it's such a nice homage to make. Yeah, but you know what? I would love to make work that scale and kind of that materiality, but. It's expensive. I am not at that point in my career. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, even if it was like, oh, someone dropped off a giant piece of stone (laughs) in my house. (laughs) It's like a nightmare to ship it. Like, okay, you made it and then you have a show and it's going to cost, you know, like as much to ship as it costs to sell. Yeah. It's it's really insane. I think the reason why I could never become an artist of that scale and success is because I would constantly feel bad for the people I work with that they have to spend and waste so much money on transportation, logistics, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. I would never make even work that requires such handling, costly yeah. handling. No, we would have to make work that costs like a hundred thousand dollars and up per piece to make yeah. that kind of work. I'm also uh, a Jew. And so I always <laughs> like think, okay, what's the minimal, in, in investment I can make and the works so that I can make the most money out of it. Uh, <laughs> well, don't worry. I feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's uh, the Jewish thought imperialism. <laughs> um, okay. The Yoya Kasama. I really like her early work. And I think as she kind of spiraled in terms of her mental health. I just feel like she's being taken I mean, advantage who, of. Who hasn't? I know, but I mean, I don't even know if she has full agency amongst these decisions and things. You're saying she's the Britney Spears of the art world? No, I think she's in a much worse place than Britney Spears kind of mm-hmm. in terms of her agency. I don't know. Like, I don't mean to sound like I'm... I don't know what her full, uh, you know, like abilities are, mm-hmm. but I guess the I question know. I was trying to ask is it's clear to everyone that these works uh, are very costly and at the same time are sort of a badge of honor, uh, you know, financial honor for the institution that hosts them sometimes yeah. at the you know great expense of other works shown at the museum or other things paid for and when we saw her a uh, the mirror room in toronto you had told me that the museum was like cutting back on other expenses or something like that that it was just a very costly thing to bring yeah. to the museum 
And uh, also, funnily enough, when we saw that show, it was a pretty socially distanced sort of experience because they let you in like two, two at a time for like 45 seconds or something yeah you had to sign up on an ipad it was the two of us maybe two other people but i think it was just the two of us no it was just the two of us yeah Yeah. and you got like 45 seconds which is pathetic because you can't even experience the work yeah and it's not like there was this huge you know line of people waiting to go in right um like the museum wasn't packed with people Mm -hmm. and and I just remember there was a Kickstarter to fundraise to buy this work, which just oh, felt right. really yeah. pathetic. Where it's yeah. like, oh, we need, we need to we need to raise a million dollars or whatever it was to bring this world class artwork, which that's like the obsession of Canadians and Torontonians about like it's like we're a world class city. Um, is that an inferiority complex? Yes, I'm not it here? is because they. Especially in Toronto, they feel like they're not New York, but they would love to be New York, you know, because it's proximate. They have, you know, there's millions of people there. It's a very large city, mm-hmm. even in the North American context. But it's like it doesn't matter as much culturally as New York does. And and there's always this chip on everyone's shoulder of like, this thing happened. It's world class. And that was happening with the Yoyo Kusama piece. And it just felt really pathetic that people were donating to that. Also, I'm sorry, Toronto, but a Kusama piece at your uh, museum is not going to, it's not going to fix things. <laughs> yeah. Remember when we couldn't find breakfast anywhere? I mean, it's kind of a lame city. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Toronto friends who are listening, but I lived there in 2007 for three months. Then I went back to renew my, um, Polish passport at the consulate in 2010. Mm-hmm. And then I hadn't been back since until November 2019 with Amir when I was there for the for Art Toronto for the art fair. And, and it was, was such like, a bland visit. It was so bland. And it was like, remember we went to like the gay bar at Woody's? Yeah. Uh, where a friend of the pod, Paul Neubauer, used to work. Um, <laughs> I just find it really really wrong when a city has to shell out so much money to you know hopefully be put on the map because there's some like you know a uh, spectacle of an art show it's such an insane expense that no one can even afford there yeah and i'm sorry that work is not worth a million dollars or whatever it is like it's in that range and it's really disappointing and it's also disappointing compared to the other kusama mirror rooms like that was the first one I had been in in person. Yeah. But just seeing that compared to the other ones I've seen photos of, the other ones are more impressive looking. I mean, um, I've been to the one at the Broad in Los Angeles. It was fine. But it's also just one of those spectacles where it's just like a, it's a fleeting experience. Uh, yeah, it's, especially, it, especially when it's timed so frugally. Yeah, it's, I think it, it's more in the category of these like experience exhibitions that people yeah. tour as like commercial businesses, uh, whether it's like the Barbie dream house that was in Berlin or the Van Gogh installation that you see in Emily in Paris. Right. Like, which is, more- which is amazing. My sister took her kids to see it last <laughs> year in Israel. Oh, and by the way, that show, that exhibition of the Hamburger Bahnhof that I mentioned on the last episode, Jordan told me it's a Carson Hollow. 
Oh yeah, I went to that show. with all the birds and the cages. Yeah, that that yeah. that was an amazing experience exhibition. Yeah. No, that was like an over the top exhibition. But yeah. again, it's like that's something where it's like okay, you can have this exhibition that maybe has broader appeal and is kind of a spectacle, but it's like you don't need to spend a million dollars on it. Like it's insane. People are being laid off constantly and you're spending a million dollars on a mere room. Anyhow, pass. Okay, for our next uh, hot topic, um, Forbes reveals 2021 30 under 30 list. Forbes has revealed the annual list um, all over 30s dread. Notable art nods include artists uh, Jade Fadouyoutimi and Chiffon Thomas, Pace Gallery director Sabrina Hahn, artist and author Chanel Miller and historian and Artnet News contributor contributor Andrea Emilfe. God, this is such a these <laughs> tongue twisting names for me. Um, okay, so I sent you the link to this Forbes uh, 30 under 30 list. Did you get to uh, scroll through and see who's on the list? I did. And okay. okay. There's different categories. Can I just top- get to something first? <laughs> yeah, of course. Sorry, what were we going to say? Uh, I just said it was a uh, it was broken down into different categories, but go ahead. Oh, okay. So, the judges. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um... Tori Birch, okay. uh, noted Upper East Side mom designer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Plus size Shiro model Ashley Graham. Never heard of her. Oh no, she's major. She's huge. Um. And then Ashley Longshore, I don't know who that is. And then Kehinde Wiley, we do know. I mean, mm-hmm. of his work, not personally. Right. Uh, which I'm like, I'm sorry, Tori Birch is one of your <laughs> judges. I uh, She's not even on my radar in terms of knowing the affiliations or oh, her like, she's, cultural she's on my. She's like the woman Michael Kors. Oh, Except okay. Michael Kors is way more relevant because he was on fucking Project Runway. <laughs> like, and he's amazing. Yeah, and he's he co- amazing. He, he coined so many cunty yeah, totally. I'm sorry, avocado goiter. <laughs> <laughs> he's like um he's the biggest yenta since like any character on the nanny. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. He's all the characters in the nanny in one person. Yeah, well, so I don't even know how I should quantify Tori Birch to you, but like, I guess the fact that you haven't heard of her that just says it all. Because oh like, no, I I have heard of her. I just have no like I don't know don't know anything about her culturally. It's just everything is like a derivative of like something Michael Kors would do or some other designer. Yeah, I mean, she's something that like Gawker would write about and. Like it's right. a huge brand, but it's not like a legitimate thing. Yeah. Like like Mark Jacobs is still like a legitimate, you know, person in mm-hmm. fashion, even if like the company's not doing well. But Tori I mean, Birch is someone who's like married to an investment banker and then decides to be a designer. Like that's the vibe. Good for you, girl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would do the same and I'm looking. So if anyone in New York or LA wants to date me. 
any, email any, mirror. Any sugar daddies with the a need to uh, <laughs> help Not someone get their leg up. Da- not even sugar daddies, but on my level, and I can get a green card. <laughs> it's funny. There's certain like categories of topics of conversations where I just immediately check out. Like when people talk about football or soccer, <laughs> and it's these like type of fashion conversations. TV shows is another thing where people start like throwing recommendations at me for like you gotta watch this, you gotta watch that. This show's amazing. This show's amazing. I, I just check out immediately. Um, so yeah, I know very little about that sort of scion of fashion, yeah. sort of history. Okay, can we just go back to the judges for a second? Because I scrolled down yeah. and there's photos. Okay. First of all, Kahinde Wiley is a thick snack now. Oh, he's very thick. Yeah, he's thicker than ever, and mm-hmm. he looks so hot. Mm-hmm. Um, I clicked on Ashley Longshore. She's allegedly an artist. Never heard of her, never seen her. The self-taught New Orleans-based painter draws inspiration from pop culture, feminism, and equality. Don't we all? Uh, Longshore has built her reputation through social media marketing. Okay, red flag. Um, Mm -hmm. Rather than gallery exhibition, red flag number two. In doing so, she has collaborated with Gucci, (laughs) Maybelline. Speaking of shitty brands. Oh, God. uh, Diane von Furstenberg saw her in her boutique once. Love her. Love her. Um, And Judith Lieber, among others. Okay, could they not find a legitimate artist? Well, but then again, you you look at the uh, you look at the people who are nominated, and uh, I do not recognize a single face or name. Yeah, and that's why because I have not heard of any of these artists. I'm glad they're getting a platform. Uh, It's a very diverse list of people, which is great. But I've never heard of anyone, and this is because Ashley Longshore, unknown artist, is the judge. It's uh it's just wild to me. Like so uh Bravo, you've achieved majority, minority, you know, representation on this list, but like nobody mentioned nobody bothered to mention that this list has been very irrelevant for like a few years now. Yeah, and the judges, it's uh again, it's like Tory Birch is a judge. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I couldn't get Telfar. I guess there's an oversaturation of Telfar at this point with those lists. <laughs> um, and then there's nothing you can give him anymore. Also, when you look at the alumni list, like noted alumni, all-star alumni, it's like Emrata, <laughs> our God. patron queen of the pod. <laughs> God, Looks this is like every homely um shtetl ho from israel and from poland <laughs> and who is this ashley longshore that you just mentioned i thought for a second she was netta the uh israel eurovision <laughs> song contest winner oh for three years ago um <sighs> this also I, I just, i'm sorry i have to bring up ashley graham again i think she's really beautiful i appreciate the plus size activism but she is one of these plus size models where it's like if you just shoot her from the waist up, you don't even know she's plus sized. Yeah, basically. Well, she has a fat face, so you could tell. No, in that photo, she has a very slim face. She's more snatched than me. And my, 
My BMI is 31. I can't even get vaccinated, as mentioned on the last episode. How did they, how did they measure your BMI? Is, did they measure it with the that... Uh, with that thing you hold with the grips or was it just the like calipers? A, yeah. No, the doctor was like, asked me how much I weigh and how tall I am. And he put it like, well, in a that's, calculator. that's such a, that's such a fraud. This like, uh, you know, two plus two BMI calculation style. She been like, I'm 285 pounds. And <laughs> where's your scale? I don't even see one in this office. Which is yeah. true. <laughs> um, well, one of the, one of the thirty under thirty uh, nominees is Hafsa Faisal, um, and according to the bio, Hafsa Faisal became a New York Times bestselling author for a sweeping fantasy novel, We Hunt the Flame. She is the first Nikabi author to make the NYT bestseller list. She's also the founder of IC Designs, which creates websites for authors and sells book-inspired candles, notebook, and notebooks and more. And some quick facts about uh, Hafsa Faisal is that her dream mentor is Megan, Duchess of Sussex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, just a technicality. Wasn't the Duchess of Sussex title dropped from Megan's name after this kerfuffle? I don't know, maybe the firm can uh, get her attraction from Forbes. Maybe. <laughs> Let's keep um, in mind, Forbes is also who declared um, Kim Kardashian West, but West no more, a billionaire this week. Uh, Kylie. <laughs> oh, yeah, this week. But yeah, they uh, they mistakenly. Yeah, Kylie was downgraded. Yeah. And uh, once again, Chloe does not get the attention she deserves. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if anyone doesn't know, Google Khloe Kardashian, and you'll see that she has another cry for help. <laughs> Do you think she she leaked that photo uh, and blamed it on her grandmother? Yes, of course. It's like okay. poor Grammy MJ um, being thrown un- under the bus. Uh, I don't... I don't believe this is an actual story. This is clearly a concocted story by the Kardashians and by that mother, Kris Jenner. Um, And I mean, her her body looks just fine in that leaked photo. It's the face that where where you can just see all the work that was done. Yeah, but also in that photo and even the face, it's like, oh, you actually look nice. Like you look like a normal person, not like um, that airbrush to death. Yeah, like that Svenska vodka um, android bot woman. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's insane how this became this like brouhaha about like takedown notices and copyright violations. It's like, when has that ever been a thing with that family? Like Kim had a sex tape. They're so fucking fragile, the whole yeah. family. And that whole thing was fake. And then she posted her... Um, like here's my real body jumping and how like she wants control of her image and And it's it's like like, no that's not your real body yeah but it's exactly (laughs) and also it's just like clearly your whole family's fucked up your upbringing was fucked up like yes obviously it's hard to like live in the spotlight and people are judging you but you chose it yeah but you chose it and it's like and again just because you chose it doesn't mean like people should be abusive to you but you can also pull away from the spotlight. Yeah. And also you've destroyed the life of a uh, every man that has entered your life. <laughs> but also that family is like why, you know, now 
at least one generation of young girls feels horrible about themselves because you are all getting like industrial grade silicone pumped into your asses allegedly and also a whole class of of instagram twinks male twinks who've had also (laughs) butt fillers and have that whole sort of high-waisted tongs uh thong kind of i know uh, look yeah yeah the high-waisted yeah the high-waisted thong I just James Charles. (laughs) I do not understand that for the life of me. I guess I'm I'm just conservative at my very old age of 36. (laughs) Anyway, that family is not a victim. They are the perpetrators of like poor body image. Oh, of course. Because they have the platform and they're making people have unrealistic body expectations. Chloe is not the victim of that. She's the perpetrator. So next bench. (laughs) Okay, next topic. Um, David and Libby Mugrabi must swap art and divorce. A judge order. Um, a judge has ordered divorcing uh, mega collectors David and Libby Mugrabi to exchange artworks and cars by early May as part of their settlement. David had accused his ex-wife of dragging her feet on the order of return. Oh, sorry, the order to return art to him by late November last year. The socialite must now return 16 artworks to her ex, and in exchange, he will return others, including an Andy Warhol. Um, so this is uh, this is rehashing some old uh, feuds and old uh, old gossip. But uh, what's your uh, what's your take on the now very notorious Mugrabi split? <laughs> uh, well, I remember that there was that really shady story in the New York Times. That was about paid the for. divorce. That was clearly SpawnCon, allegedly. Um, which I was, I mean, not shocked, but thought it was very despicable of the New York Times to just have like a one-sided divorce attack article. I mean, what? I thought that's that's what the New York Times does. <laughs> Times does. Yeah, so name one thing that the New York Times has done that had a, a true moral compass to it and a backbone in the past three years. I feel like this alleged <laughs> alleged spawn con is uh, not surprising at all. No, totally. Um, I just don't... I get they're like art world figures. You know, they're at the top of the pyramid. But there's so much about this fucking divorce. Like, no one gets divorced or something. Yeah. <sighs> also, yeah, you just... So over that the years, Mugrabi, Mugrabi, Mugrabi. Well, Mugrabi in uh, in Arabic means that that's the name of Morocco, basically. But what? Uh, that's 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 Morocco, Morocco in Arabic. Ah, uh-huh. and Mugrabi, which is also Maghreb in Hebrew, just means west or western. Uh-huh. Um, which is funny, but um. Yeah, this couple seems very messy, and I like. I feel like we're sort of getting roped into their like shitty relationship, and um, yeah. Also, like the stories you would hear about the like mana contemporary sort of God shady dealings allegedly that were happening there. Um, yeah. Also, like I'm on the New York Post article, and there's like links to other like. Uh, relevant items about them. Libby Mugrabi owes nearly 150000 in unpaid rent and bills, says landlord. Um, sad. Sad. Hard pass. <laughs> okay. Next item. Um, 
Nike and MSCHF settle lawsuit over Little Nas X Satan shoe. The controversial sneaker made headlines last month for its biblical theme and use of human blood. The sneaker was a reimagined version of the Nike Air, uh, Nike Air, Nike Air Max 97 style designed to feature biblical imagery like an engraved bronze pentagram, a Bible passage, Luke 10, 10 18, which details Satan falling from heaven, and one drop of human blood in the sneaker's sole air bubble provided by MSCHF's design staff. The sneakers were priced at $1,018 and sold out immediately. Thoughts? <laughs> well, um... Wendy Williams talked about this a lot on her show before she went on spring hiatus. What did she say? <laughs> Is spring hiatus a uh, code for something? <laughs> Thankfully not, because I think she's in a good place right now. She's dating a Jewish man, and I think she'll be well. Um, Who's she dating? A bald man. Kind of looks mm-hmm. like... Remember that show, The Kamish? <laughs> did uh, I make it to Israel? The Kamish? Wait, I'm going to have to look it up. He was like a police commissioner. Oh, I think I do. He's like handsome. Yeah, I thought he was such a hot daddy. Yeah. <laughs> like Chris Maloney. <laughs> oh, and yeah. took us. Yeah, the commish was so cute. So the guy she's dating kind of looks like the commish. Uh-huh. Oh, it's not him and he looks like him? No, no, he looks like him. And I think he lives in Maryland. So anyway, she talked about that quite a bit. Um, oh, Michael Chiklis, of course. Yes, Michael Chiklis, yes. <laughs> Love Michael Such Chiklis a and the commish. Such a daddy. Um, yeah, if anyone in New York can set me up with someone Michael Chiklis adjacent, uh, I'm totally down. <laughs> or in LA. Or any uh, any other conehead. Uh... <laughs> uh, or Chris Maloney. Um, oh, yeah. So, Okay. Wendy was very disturbed. She's like, she's like, I, you know, I don't go to church, but like, I don't play with Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, I was very agnostic before, um, and now I just could care less. <laughs> I'm like, people need to get a life. Mm-hmm. Like the people who were really upset and scandalized by these shoes, and the whole. Uh, the whole Lil Nas X video of him like giving Satan a lap dance. It's like, guess what? Satan doesn't exist. It's like, um, if Sa- I'm going to plead ignorance on that because I've heard the name, but I don't think I've heard a single song by him. I am aware of the fact that he, I guess, came out recently or something. Yeah, around the time of this. He was like in a glass closet for years. but Okay. But no, he finally like fully came out. But everyone knew like, he was such a queen. He used to run like a, a Nicki Minaj stan account on Twitter. <laughs> like, oh, really? Like what straight man is a is like a Nicki Minaj stan? And also, I mean, do me a favor. <laughs> Who's one a look barb at, and straight? <laughs> one look at his underbite and I could have told you years ago he was gay. <laughs> that, that's a gay trademark. You got to yeah, have the a, underbite. Yeah, there is a... Uh, sorry to get a... What do you call it? Physiognomy? Yeah. Uh, sorry to get into... F- gay physiognomy but there is a disproportionate correlation between underbites and being gay and that's a scientific fact yeah we're (laughs) scientists um so well yeah there was old town road and then miley's dad billy ray cyrus was on the remix 
Um, and then he had that hit song Panini. And I don't now... think I've heard a single one of these songs. <laughs> you definitely heard Old Town Road. Um, Maybe all you had in to do passing. was like, yeah, all you had to do was walk past a mall store at the mall in Edison, New Jersey, and you would have heard it. Um, <laughs> Bitch, I only go to Willowbrook, okay? <laughs> and <laughs> and um, no, and this song, Call Me By Your Name. You love the film, Call Me By Your Name. I do. How is yeah, it related to him? Uh, God, what's that song called again? It's like Monero, Montero. Wait, wait let's see. What, the, the Sufjan Stevens song? <laughs> No, no, the Lil Nas X song is called, sorry, I know we're like aged and basic because I don't remember the full name of the song, uh, Montero, Call Me By Your Name, and Call Me By Your Name is obviously a reference to the film Call Me By Your Name. Um, it's like a coming out anthem. Uh, he's giving I, I have a lap no dance to Satan. Yeah. There was drama with FKA Twigs because the video is a copy of an FKA Twigs video. I feel like there's always drama with her. Yeah, but like all these people pointed out on online that the video was being copied and then Lil Nas X and FKA Twigs had a phone call and like kind of reached a settlement or an agreement. Oh my God. Was, and, that, a, uh, was that played uh, live on The View? <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, the video definitely did copy her video for a song I don't remember. Probably where she was tap dancing or something. Um, but regarding the shoes, I think Nike needs to get a grip. It's like no one is thinking that like these are Nike shoes. Like You can buy stuff and customize it and sell it again. Mm -hmm. There's nothing illegal about that. Right. So I don't know. Like I get they're being dragged into something where there's controversy, but also it's like, oh, what? Some like dumb ass Christian moms are going to like boycott Nike. Like when you get to a certain level as a company or brand, you cannot be boycotted. Right. So. Oh, Jesus. Why are these times with that we live in are so exhausting? Well, Yeah. Yeah, I it's wonder just, when boycotts of this type started, of just, just like uppity mothers. Like. I just, I also don't think it's uppity mothers. I, th I think maybe originally it was sort of an uppity mother movement, but nowadays it just seems like the only, the only source stirring the pot is the media itself. Yeah, that's true, because it's clickbait. It's like easy stories to, to write, and that really fuels it, because... Even if there was some boycott, like how powerful will this movement be of like offended, alleged Christians trying to have like a what p a petition campaign? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like was there even some sort of a boycott movement online? I think yeah, you're right. It's just like the media perpetuating these narratives. Mm -hmm. um, also, like religious fanatics need to get a life. Sorry, it's 2021. Go read a book. Oh my God. Yeah, leaving the States and uh, I don't know what it's like for you, but like whenever I leave the States, I just feel such calm and uh, quiet. And then I come back here and everything's the same sort of tornado of bullshit. Uh, but once you step out of this cultural uh, environment for a second, you realize like whatever exists here 
is such a concoction, sort of a self-made concoction that has very, you know, minimal bearing on other, you know, cultural events outside the yeah. U.S. Um, well, people are trying, though. I mean, the, like, woke insanity of certain people on the left is trying to make inroads outside of America. It's just, it's, it's just so wild to me that America... It just cannot tame sort of its its imperialist sort of tendencies and those who are like not sure how to put it but like even those who are sort of anti-imperialist in their approaches have such like imperial sort of uh sort of bullying tendencies um yeah. everyone's just such a fucking bully and wants to spread their ideas as wide and far as possible so like yeah yeah, I mean, especially in Berlin where there's people coming from the States who try to really um I don't even know how to describe this without revealing too much. Like the American but you can imagine yeah, like the American method of like I'm gonna shut this down, I'm gonna cancel this. It's like I'm sorry, that's not the same conversation in Europe as what's happening in America. Yeah. I think there's just such lack of humility uh, embedded and ingrained in this culture where, you know, you leave this country and you don't even consider that uh, it might be sort of proper to just like, I don't know, take a backseat to something, not have to export your ideas, not to have to like say something or have an opinion about every last thing, yeah. just like, you know, blend into the background. Yeah. Like That's just a thought that doesn't cross the mind of people leaving this country, especially ex- well, expats who, you know, come with yeah. a, a, sen- a sense of entitlement. No, definitely. Um, and I think there's enough drama happening in Europe. It's like, why don't you engage in what's happening here? try to make a positive difference rather than importing some like American bullshit. Yeah. Um, we live in oppressive times. Next. Next. Oh, well, um, do you have anything fun coming up for you this uh, week, weekend, next week? Oh, I have a lot of fun stuff. coming up. Oh yeah. Okay. Tomorrow morning going with, best friend of the pod and previous guest of thoughts on art krista hey krista hey krista we are going to a factory outlet for the tim's bakery oh my god (laughs) do you remember tim's this brand in germany or in berlin i actually i'm not sure i remember that they had like at like kaiser's or at other grocery store chains they would have like Tim's mini brownies and there was a Canadian like maple leaf logo. This was clearly a Tim Hortons knockoff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Allegedly. Um in Germany. And it was like an American that had moved to Berlin in the 80s opened this bakery. That's the story. And so they have like brownies and blondies and carrot cake and like all these kind of very North American desserts. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's generally something you get at the grocery store and we're going to the actual bakery and they have a shop there and everything's like one euro. Mm -hmm. So I am so pumped. We're doing that tomorrow. I might go to Ikea and get a rug for my uh, recording setup. Um, And just counting down the days until it's warm. 
can't wait. I'm counting them down uh, with you. Thank you. Nice. How are you? Uh, I have to go uh, get my car uh, checked uh, for its like six months checkup. And um uh, got some studio visits this weekend and um I'm, now that I'm back after having traveled for like almost three and a half weeks, I'm just ready to basically not do anything. I'm glad you left the hot zone. Uh which hot zone? <laughs> the geopolitical hot zone. <laughs> Hon- honestly, it felt more stable and less volatile <laughs> over there than it does here. <laughs> Um, what, was the um, soda stream factory in harmony? <laughs> Have you ever passed by it? <laughs> it's funny. I think less people in Israel fizzy their 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 water than they do here in the states. Um, it's not it's not commonplace there. It's not like <laughs> people don't offer you a seltzer when you enter to a, a home in uh, Israel. Yeah, it's crazy. I I looked this up recently. I think the man was named Seltzer, and he was a German man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the etymology. Yeah. And it's such a specific New York thing. It's like only New Yorkers called Seltzer. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you leave, uh, you go anywhere else in the States, and especially the whole sort of chunk of the U.S. between the between the West and the East Coast, There's you can't find that. There's only like, um, what's that scratching noise that's happening there? Oh, sorry. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like are you are you like are you doing some lottery like uh tickets there <laughs> is it a one-man band are you are you joining forces with trite trike oh my trike. god speaking of canadians in berlin please google yeah. trike they're our favorite are they band. back on the trains well there is a pandemic so i don't know but um maybe post-pandemic yeah. Uh, noted Canadian uh, duo Trike will be back on the subway. <laughs> Please Google them. Look for the YouTube videos. Trike. That's Trike with an I. I also have to look it up. Yeah. Alrighty. And how about you? What's happening? What are you doing? Um, well, I know you already res- responded, but I feel like there's more happening. Just tell me. For me, honestly, yeah. there's absolutely nothing happening. Or did I okay, tell you something I'm that good. I'm already forgetting? No, that wasn't like a leading question. I'm just curious. Oh, no, I really have nothing uh, coming up for me in the coming like week and a half except for studio visits. And I also have to like just go back to the studio and start making work again, which I, oh, that's good. I haven't been doing in like a month and a half. But having said that, this past year, the only thing that I've done basically was work in the studio. So like it's nice to take some time off from that. Well, you are very productive, so I wouldn't feel bad. Yeah, and it's funny. Yeah, I realized that it was a sort of a, 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 a swim or sink kind of a uh, uh, defense mechanism at this point. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to like take some time to reevaluate yeah. that sort of whole approach. Yeah. But uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing your paintings beautifully documented and <laughs> hanging you. in the show. They look great. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have uh, zero anti-Semitic emails coming our way before between today and next week. Because don't make me contact the ADL and Abe Foxman <laughs> if he's still. Yeah, alive. I have them. I have them on speed dial. So be careful, okay? <laughs> Alrighty. Well, nice talking to you. I'll uh, talk to you next week. 
Talk to you soon, Amir. Cheers. Bye.